Well, all right. Welcome to River City Worship Center. My name's, hey Adam, my name's Corey Burkett. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Uh, thank you so much for being here. You might right now be sitting next to someone that you have not seen or ever met before. And that is because, as Kim was saying, this is our first summer Sunday. And we are so excited about this because we have taken our 10 o'clock service our 1130 service, and over the next nine weeks, we're going to put you guys together, and, and we're really excited about what's going to happen. We're really excited. This is probably our last time that we'll actually be able to do this. Um, as our church grows, we, we have fewer and fewer opportunities to have everyone together at the same time, and over the summer, we're really excited about being able to do that. Um, one of the things I'm really excited about, though, most over the next nine weeks is the fact that we are starting a brand new series today called Elements. And over the next few weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be studying the elements of the Holy Spirit. All right, now real quick before I go any further, I want to share with you this scripture. In John 15, 5, it says this, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And the fruit he is referring to is that, that which we find in Galatians 5, 22, where it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you all remember seeing the periodic table in school? Anybody show of hands? Yeah? That was the, one of the most scariest things I remember seeing when I was in school. One, because yeah, did anyone else have to memorize that? That was, like, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm using that today, but, you know what, whatever. But, you know, but the thing about it is, is, like, I remember looking at that, and I was just kind of amazed, though, occasionally, that that periodic table contained all the elements that make up anything and everything on the face of the earth. And that really kind of is interesting. I mean, that's really kind of cool to think about. Well, over the next nine weeks, we're going to be looking at these elements, the elements I just read to you, and these elements are what make up the Holy Spirit, now, if you are like, Corey, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is. What is that? See me after service. We actually had a series a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, uh, called The God I Never Knew, where we talked about the Holy Spirit, and I really want to encourage you to check out that series. But I want to be careful with how I say this, though, because these elements, they are products of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces these fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's not these fruits that bless you with the Holy Spirit. It's the other way around. And that's really important for you to know and understand because what we're going to be looking at here is exactly how we can use these elements that the Holy Spirit has given us in our day-to-day -day lives. And today, I'm excited because we're going to be focusing in on goodness, the element of goodness. What is goodness? What is that? I mean, that, that, I mean, can I be honest with you? Over the past week, I have been puzzled over this. What do we define as good? Not necessarily what do we define as good, but what does the Bible say is good? What does God tell us good is? I mean, what is it? We even sat around and say we, me, Pastor John, and Pastor Jason, we even went to the mall, had lunch, had a huge discussion about this. I mean, it was, it was pretty interesting. We walked away with nothing. We were like, okay, <laughs> What, what is goodness? We were still puzzled over it. What is it? I'm going, to, I'm going to share this with you today, and I'm really excited about this because I think we all are going to be a little bit surprised. Maybe not, but I think we're going to be a little surprised, though, as to what goodness is. But I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we're going to be surprised at how little we actually use it. 
Now, before I go any further, I got to admit to you, as I said already, this past week has been crazy for me. I've never focused so much on the word good in my life. In fact, before this past week, the only time I was worried about good was when I was a little kid, and it was December. And every December, you got asked the greatest question of all time. Have you been a good boy this year? I remember my parents would take me to the mall, and, and we would see Santa. And this one was the real Santa. Like, it wasn't like the Santa that you saw at Target or Walmart or anything like that. But this was the real Santa. No helper, the real guy. And I remember he would, tell, he would ask me, Corey, have you been a good boy this year? And me, being the honest young man I was, I would say, yes. <laughs> yes, I have, Santa. And I would go on and tell him the list of everything that I wanted for Christmas. And sure enough, on Christmas morning... I would, I would get most of it. I would get most of it, and I would just be so excited, right? I mean, Christmas morning, you go running downstairs. Yes, we're talking about Christmas in June. And we, we, I'd go running down the stairs, me and my sister would, and we just, you know, we would just tear everything apart. Just like we would just tear open the boxes, uh, toss uh, wrapping paper aside, and we would, what would happen is we would just immediately become just engulfed in all the things that we got. Yeah, we got clothes, but we tossed them over there, but the toys is what we focused on, Right? We focused on the toys. We focused on the race cars. I mean, that's what I did. And I remember I would, I would become just, I, mean, I would just be so focused in on my own little world. I would take my race car track and build this track, and I would have a loop on it and, like, even have, like, an intersection where the cars would just barely miss each other. You know, I, I would get my transformers out and, and transform them and have this epic battle right there in my mom and dad's basement. And I would just be so focused, like I said, in my own little world until finally mom or dad would say what every older brother hates hearing. Corey, share with your sister. Maybe, maybe you're not even the older sibling. Maybe, maybe you were told that though, right? Share, share, share your toys, right? That's like one of the worst things that you can hear on Christmas Day, right? I, I remember I would think to myself, mom, dad, I, I was good, clearly, because I got race cars and transformers. Kelly was bad. That's why she got Barbies and clothes. Like, you know, like, like that to me, it was just obvious. Why would I, I mean, I deserve what I've got here, right? And it sounds childish and it sounds silly, and that's because it is, but what's unfortunate is that same mentality, that same selfish mentality of not wanting to share, I believe is still apparent in us today. It exists inside of us, whether we want to admit it or not. Maybe right now in your mind, you're maybe fighting against this, like, Corey, that's not me, I'm not sure. But believe me, you're going to be a little bit surprised today as to how selfish we all are, really. We've been selfish with the goodness we have received from God. And I don't believe that I'm alone in realizing this. I don't believe that I'm alone in thinking that, you know what, that, that you know what, we, we are a little selfish. We as a human race, we as human beings, we as followers of Christ even, we are selfish. We don't like to share. I want to share with you this scripture right here, and it's in Romans chapter 7, verse 14. It says this, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. 
I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That right there alone, I believe, is how many of us live our, our day, every single day. We go about our day, and, and you know what? We, we did something nice or we did something good. And, but to be honest, every time that we wake up or throughout the entire day, whether it's in the workplace or at home, maybe when, it's, when you're just by yourself, we struggle with this internal battle of doing right, doing what's wrong and doing what's good. It's there always inside of us. But I want to let you know that this is good because, listen, if you didn't have that internal struggle, something would be wrong. Something would be missing. And the Holy Spirit, what it does is it kind of sets off an alarm. It lets us know when, you know what, something's not right about what I'm doing here. Something's not right about what I'm thinking about doing. Something's not right about this choice or this decision. What I'm about to do or say or feel or how I'm feeling right now, it's, it's not good. And many of us, we've been in this situation before. Many of us at some point, maybe you grew up in the church, I didn't. At some point, I remember the Holy Spirit came into my life and, and I began to have this internal struggle, this battle. And it's something that we face each and every day. But I remember it was so strong inside of me. And I remember thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to overcome these, these temptations that I have? And then at the bottom, the answer is there. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we cry out to God and we say, God, listen, I am struggling with this. Help me. He blesses us with his goodness. When, when, when we confess to God, God, listen, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I need you in my life. I can't, I can't keep trying to do this on my own. His goodness is what bails us out. The fact that we can say the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, shows how good God is. God, because of God's goodness, he sent his one and only son to earth to die for you and me. To die for you and me. And not just for the sins that we have already committed, but for the ones we're going to commit tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. God's goodness is where it all began. God sending his one and only son to die for us. That is what good. That, that is what is good. Before we go any further, let's look at what goodness means. Goodness, when coming from the Greek translation, means to do good and be good. The word good, scripturally, literally means to be like God. So when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, our desire and ability to do good and be good are produced, allowing us to become reflections of God. Now, I started off talking about how we... We don't like to share, and I believe that. 
Because here's the thing. We've been given this goodness that God has blessed us with. Goodness in the fact that he has forgiven us. Goodness through his mercy. Goodness through his blessings. Goodness in the fact that, you know what, we're all here. We've got clothes on us. You know what, we've got, we've got somewhere to be after this. We've got a home that we can go to tonight. God has been really good to every single one of us. But here's, here's the problem. The Holy Spirit produces this goodness, not just for us to have, but for us to share. And that is what we are not good at. Why? Because we feel like, you know what, I deserve the goodness God gave me, but this person over here, they don't. You know what, I, you know what God has given me this goodness, and you know what, I, I, I just want to sit on it. I just want to keep it for myself. Because you know what, everyone else, they've, they've got plenty of good. I see on Facebook who has this. I see on Instagram who has that. I see on Twitter, you know what, who's getting to go on vacation. Believe me, everyone else has it good. I just want to hold on to the little bit of good that God has given me. We could not be more wrong. In Matthew 25 is the parable of the three servants. And it says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Their servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. Their servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered... Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those, who will, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Which of these three are you? I've had to ask myself that very question throughout this whole week. When it comes to receiving the goodness that God has given me, what have I done with it? Have I kept it for myself? Have I shared it with others? Have I offered it to anyone? What have I done with the goodness that God has given me? That's a question I really want all of us to be asking ourselves right now. What are we doing with the goodness that the Holy Spirit has produced inside of us. What are we doing with it? 
And this is an important question to, to ask because here's the thing. There's going to come a point, and it says this in the Bible, that there's going to be a judgment day. And when this day comes, Jesus is going to be sitting right here, and he's going to separate us into two different groups. And he says he's going to separate the sheep and the goats. And what's going to happen is, and it says this in Matthew 25, 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter you who are blessed by my Father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Right here, we realize, listen, there's going to come a day where God's going to look at us, where Jesus is going to look at us, and he's going to wonder, who here did anything with the goodness I gave them? Who here, who here fed the hungry? Who here gave the homeless a place to live? Who here clothed those that were shivering at night, not knowing if they were going to make it? Who here helped the sick or visited those in prison? And not just this, but here's the thing, because we're good at these things when it comes to people that we know. Isn't that the truth? When it comes to people we know, when it's a family member, it's easy, you know? When Meredith gets sick, I take care of her. But what this is challenging us to do, and what it says right here is, whenever you did one of these things to someone, what is that? Overlooked or ignored, that was me. Whenever you did it to someone who was overlooked or ignored, how many people do we go by every day overlooking and ignoring? And I'm not trying to make anyone here feel guilty, because I'm guilty of it also. Can I be honest with you? And maybe some of you are, can relate to what I'm about to tell you. Whenever I pass by the guy on the corner with a sign asking for money, the first thing that comes to my mind is not whether or not to give him money, but whether or not he's really going to use it. Like, what will he use it for? Will he use it for this? Will he use it for that? Is he even really homeless? I've seen those scams on the news, and people are sharing it on Facebook where the news reporter comes running up, and, and the person that was homeless is walking into their nice apartment. Right? But what if... What if it wasn't that case? What if that wasn't the case? What if, what if they really were homeless? What if they did use that money to go to McDonald's and get something warm to eat, the warmest meal that they could have all week? What would happen to that person? How much better could their day be just by me st sticking my hand out the window with a few dollars or however much I wanted to give? I think about that, and, and you know, as I was preparing this, this message, a huge weight of conviction just came over me because I have been blessed by God. God has forgiven me for things that, that I can't believe he's forgiven me for. I've messed up time after time. I've gone to God and I've said, God, listen, I promise if you bless me with your goodness, if you forgive me, I'll, I promise I'll take it and, and I'll do this or I'll do that or I promise, you know what, I'll never do this again. And then I come to him again. I'm like, God, I'm so sorry I've messed up again. I'm so sorry I did that again. Please forgive me. Will you bless me with your goodness? And he does. 
And I think a lot of us, what happens is we, we become selfish again with this goodness. We don't want to share it. And we use the excuse of, oh, well, they don't deserve it because, you know what, they just keep running to me. You know what, they don't deserve it because, you know what, they'll just waste it. They don't deserve the goodness I want to give them because, you know what, I know the type of person they are. They're just going to, you know what, abuse our friendship or this relationship that we have. How many times have we done that to God? How many times do we run towards Jesus, to Jesus, saying, Jesus, please forgive me, or Jesus, please, you know what, I I promise things will be different. They won't be the same. Please bless us. Bless my family. And because of his goodness, he does it, knowing full well what's going to happen tomorrow, that we are going to mess up. We've been so selfish with the goodness that we have been given, and we have overlooked and ignored people who need it most, more than anything. People who do not have the Holy Spirit. People who do not know Jesus' name. And what's amazing is, is that we have this opportunity. When the Holy Spirit produces this goodness inside of us, we have this opportunity to be a reflection of God. I wasn't going to bring up the scripture because, honestly, it really kind of confused me throughout this week. But there was a, there's this story of, in the Bible, and I don't have the scripture up here, but there's a story in the Bible of the rich young ruler, and he comes running up to Jesus And he says, good servant. And Jesus says, don't call me good. Only God is good. Jesus himself said, don't call me good. Only God is good. And I believe that a lot of us, we have worked so hard to have the appearance of being good, right? Because of the things we post, the things that we say, or you know what? We think that because we showed up on Sunday morning that, you know what? I've got this really good image But it's not about that. It's about being and doing good. Being and doing good. And God, God is good. Jesus, in that moment, he's saying, listen, God is the only one that is good. God is the only one that truly is able to do these things. But listen, we have the ability to be used by him to share his goodness, to spread it, to let people know about what he has to offer, to let them know that, listen, even though, yes, you might be fighting addiction, even though, yes, your marriage might be falling apart, even though, yes, you might be so confused right now because college is harder than you thought it would be, listen, it's gonna be all right. And we have the ability to share that goodness with people that need it more than ever right now. And when we do that, people are going to notice something different about us. People are going to wonder, what does that person have? And you're going to get to have the opportunity to be like Jesus and say, I'm not good. I've messed up. I've messed up more than you have. But you know who is good? good? God is good. And it's because of him that I'm able to do the things that I'm able to do. It's because of him that I'm able to, you know what, share the goodness that, that he's blessed me with. I couldn't preach this without sharing the parable of the Good Samaritan. In Luke 10, 30, says this, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. A priest. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there, But he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. Now, just so you know, this was like, when he says despised Samaritan, he really means despised because Samaritans were despised back then. And and Jesus is trying to emphasize, listen, what's about to happen here is going to shock you. 
And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he landed the innkeeper, or he landed, handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If this bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes. Now go and do the same. Go and do the same. Jesus is telling us right now, listen, look at the people who passed by. It was members of the church. It was leaders in the church. It was you and me. It was people who were doing good things. Yes, they were going to church that day. Yes, they were, they were going there to worship. Yes, they were going there to preach a message. They were going there to read their Bibles, to, to pray, to sing songs. But when they had an opportunity to share the goodness that God provides, they just passed by and did nothing. Instead, it took someone else who wasn't even in the church to, to come up and do something good for this person, to do something good for this man. And at the end of this, Jesus says, listen, we have to go and do the same. It is our duty It is our job as Christians, as followers of Christ, to be reflections of him. And in doing so, we have to go and do the same that God has done for us. We've got to share that goodness. We've got to show that goodness. We can think of tons of reasons as to why someone doesn't deserve goodness, right? They wronged us. They lied to us. They cheated on us. They betrayed us. They hurt us. But that is exactly who needs our goodness more than ever. Because we've done all of those things to God ourselves. We've done all of those things. At some point during this week, you went to God and you said, God, listen, I need you. And whether you want to admit it or not, or whether you saw it or not, God was there. He provided and he blessed us with his goodness. We have got to do the same towards others. We have got to be the same towards others. Yes, God is good and his Holy Spirit is inside of us and it produces a goodness that we are able to share, that we are able to experience. Again, at the very beginning when I was reading Romans, you know, we can all find a, think of a time where we were struggling with sin. But who in your life, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker, who in your life is struggling with sin? Who in your life needs goodness now more than ever? Have you shown them goodness? Or have we just cast judgment? Have we just shook in our heads and said, mm, I can't believe they're like that? They'll, they'll learn. That's not what God wants us to be. God wants us to be good. And that is by doing and being good towards others. Imagine what would happen. Imagine what would happen, not just, you know what, in your life, if you were to share that goodness. And when I say your life, I mean, imagine sharing that goodness with family members. Again, I was just talking about this, but family members and coworkers and people who, who who you see every single day who have a really tough life, and they don't even realize it, but they can accept Jesus into their life, and he will bless them, but they don't even know that. You have an opportunity to share that goodness with them. You have an opportunity to be a reflection of God. That's why every year we have what's called bless back. We don't call it bless or blessing 
or blessing you because you know what? The truth is we are blessing back what we have been given. We are blessing back the, the, the fact that, you know what, we have a church of people who are so generous that we want to take that generosity and show it towards others, show it to people who have no chance at buying school supplies, no chance at providing for their kids for the school year, no chance. How many people do we know have no chance at getting out of the situation that they're in? When we show goodness, what we're doing is we're blessing back. And you know what? Bless back happens here once a year, but we have the opportunity every day to bless someone with the goodness we've received. Imagine, imagine how many lives could be changed. Imagine what our community would say or think or imagine what, our, what these streets would look like if the goodness that God has been given to us was shared to every single person, not to the people in this room, but to the person on the corner that you don't even know. The person in the gas station, yes, who you laugh at because they got missing teeth or whatever, imagine if you were able to show them the, the same kind of goodness that we have been given. What would our world look like? What would it look like? Let's pray.